The Holy Gospel of our Savior, Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrapping lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrapping lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus's head, not lying with the linen wrapping, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you had carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will go and take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabunai, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Alleluia. The Lord is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Despite COVID and cold weather and everything else, we have found a way to gather and to share the good news of Easter. Most of you know that for the last seven months or so, we have had uh, extended family living with us, my sister and her husband. They came for a couple months to help with our new baby and have stayed. It has been a blessing in so many ways to have family very nearby and for our children to get this time with their aunt and uncle. My sister and her husband are Jewish. We were raised in an interfaith household and given the choice to choose our faith as children so it's been a really interesting seven months together because we've traveled through so many of the sacred days of our various traditions while quarantined together. 
in the fall, we had Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. We've celebrated Hanukkah and Advent and Christmas. We've done Lent and Easter. We kind of did Passover. Um, we've gotten to see this strange mishmash of traditions and rituals. And most importantly, we've gotten to talk about it. Her husband, my brother-in-law, Alan, has not spent time celebrating the Christian holidays. This morning was the first time he got to receive an Easter basket, very central part of the Easter tradition. From the silly to the sacred, we've gotten to talk through these months together about what the symbols of our traditions mean. We sat down and talked about what the different liturgical colors mean using our uh, lovely examples from Godly Play and the, uh, the calendar of liturgical colors. We've talked about symbolisms around food and light and fasting. We've done all this in many ways because we as adults have gotten to learn, but we've also been trying to model for my children what it is to be in an interfaith family, to share and respect one another's traditions, and to live in a way in which we can tolerate and honor what exists outside of our own practices. It's also been a really good exercise for me as a priest, because I've actually had to explain to people who have no buy-in to our system of belief what any of this is about. Why in the world do we gather and give thanks that someone rose from the dead? I mean, it's cool, but what is the meaning for us? One of the tasks that I have as a preacher and that we all have as Christians is to speak of the good news, to share the good news of the gospel, to speak to others about what the good news of our story and tradition is and how that functions in our faith and in our lives. What is the good news this morning? If we start with that question, we start, I believe, with where Jesus would want us to be, the good news of his message and his story. What exactly is that? There's an empty tomb this morning and angels in white, terrified disciples who still don't believe anything Jesus has been telling them. And Jesus appearing outside. What I think is really interesting in this story and a piece that we often miss is that Mary comes to this tomb expecting to find Christ's body. She is not coming to this tomb expecting good news. We come to this service and this day knowing the good news that we will hear, Alleluia, Christ is risen. We can come with that joy and expectation in our hearts. But Mary, Mary goes to the tomb to weep and to care for the body of Christ. Mary goes to the tomb to do the most human of things, which is to care for one another in death. Her grief is profound, but her love 
is stronger than that. And it propels her forward. Her love for God propels her to the tomb to tend to the body. And it is not there. And Jesus has spoken of resurrection and miracles. And still, the gospel is filled with moments of the disciples not getting it, not understanding, being confused, surprised, astounded at the miracles that take place. And Jesus repeats himself over and over. Mary comes expecting for Jesus to still be dead. Her grief is profound and pervasive. And even in the midst of that despair, even in the midst of whatever hopelessness she and the disciples must have felt, that Jesus had been conquered, that all they'd worked for had fallen apart, that even in the midst of hopelessness, the possibility and power of God can break through. That, to me, is the good news. That even when we're operating out of places of sadness, even when we cannot find that hope or silver lining, even when we have given up, we are partnered by God in this world that we live and walk through and create and that for God, there is no hopelessness on our part that is bigger than the joy of the resurrection. The resurrection is the good news that breaks through impossible barriers, that fills our cup. Hope is perhaps the most wonderful place to operate from to live lives filled with hope and possibility, even in the midst of despair. It's not always easy to do. It's not always possible for us to do. But that is why we are Christian. Because Christ and God can hold that hope for us, can walk us alongside us with that light, that little flickering flame of hope when we cannot hold on to it for ourselves. The good news to break through any darkness we encounter. The good news is possibility that we do not need to be lost in despair. The good news is the knowledge that the world can change for the better. The good news of Christ's resurrection is that hope will always be more powerful than despair. And that in our faith and in our lives, in our relationships with God, we get to experience that hope and that joy. That is our good news. And that is our job as Christians, is to share that good news, to carry it from this place and this story, to take the story of an empty tomb and a resurrected God and the love of human that humanity has for God. Mary's love for Christ that takes her to that empty tomb in her grief to continue to care for him. 
that love, that power, that possibility, that good news, we take that story from this place and we carry it out into the world, to our relationships, to our friends, to our family. We know what it is right now to feel a little helpless, to feel stuck, to feel as though things aren't getting better. But there are glimmers of hope. There are signs of life and good news and the coming together. I don't want to use the word returning. We're never going to return to what we were, but we will step into what we are becoming, what our world will be, what our society, what our faith communities will be in this new existence post-pandemic But when we can move into that from our place of hope, from our place of good news, we can do so with that air of the Holy Spirit that cannot be contained or tamed. When I tell others why I'm Christian, why I practice these rituals, why I wake up early on Sundays to come and worship, it's because I believe in the good news and the power that it has in my life and the power that it has in this world when we can operate from that place of hope, that place of joy, that place of wonderful possibility. May our gospel today spark within you that hope and that possibility and that good news. And may you carry that spark into the world around you, into your lives moving forward from this day, because alleluia, Christ is risen. And hope is such a beautiful thing to operate out of. And I will trade all the despair for all the hope to sit with Mary Magdalene and tell the story of the good news. Amen.